Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SE Microphones. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have legendary drummer Carmine Apiece. Carmine is best known for being a member of the bands Vanilla Fudge, Cactus, the power trio Beck, Bogart, and Apiece, King Cobra, as well as being a member of Rod Stewart's backing band in the late 70s. A piece will be performing with the band he was a founding member of, Vanilla Fudge, on Thursday, October 6th at the Narrow Center for the Arts in Fall River. Hello? So, I got my wife texted me from New York and our flight is late. Sweet, Sweetwater, the company, you know, Sweetwater. The music company? Yeah, I don't know why they're calling me. They're calling me something. I tell them to call me back in an hour. Yeah, they, so. they, they tend to call just to check up and see if you've got all the gear that you need. Oh, okay. They That's probably good. want to send you more, sell you more drums. No, I don't, I don't buy drums from me. I get drums free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. Well, I haven't that... bought a drum set in, I can't tell you how long. I did buy a snare drum last year because it's a, a unique one, you know. Why? What's unique about it? It's a 1969 Ludwig. Oh, okay. I, could, I bought it for cheap. I could probably sell it for thousands of bucks, you know, but I use it in my studio, so I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, so yeah. luckily, well, I spent all day was talking to the guys in Kiss. <laughs> Funny. Really? I, and, yeah, and Paul Stanley's number came through as an unknown number. I thought he was back in calling me again. So he sent me some songs to listen to of his other project. What's he you know? working on? Well, this is something that's already been out. It was a R&B thing with horns and strings and all that stuff, you know, and Three, three or four background singers. That's pretty cool, you know. So I thought you were going to call him back. Usually, unknown, I don't answer, you know. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw, I saw the four hundred one come through, and I didn't know who it was. Oh, oh yeah. But what it was, and you know, so I, I went to answer, it, but it stopped ringing before I, I can get to it, you know. That's all, so all good. No problem. So you've, you've okay. worked with Kiss before, haven't you? You've worked with Paul before. I, I worked on Paul's album, but I know the guy since 1975. When they did their very first headlining tour, I was playing with Leslie West at the time, and we opened for them. That's where I got to meet them, and I found out they were Vanilla Fudge and Cactus and BBA fans, you know? Yeah. So I've been friends with them since then. And then in the 70s, when they moved out to L.A., I was out there, and I became real close to, uh, you know, to mostly Paul. And we hung out with Paul, and we hung out with uh, Paul and Rod, and... And uh, I was managed by Coin Management, which was their manager. Paul, Paul hooked that up, you know. So um, I went to see them last night, you know. Yeah, and, where uh, were they last night? They were at West Palm Beach. Is this part of their never-ending uh, retirement yeah, yeah, tour? Yeah, yeah, they were doing three, four, four shows that they had to make up for COVID. Oh, oh. Yeah, I haven't seen this them the since. Third time, this is the third time they tried to play there. <laughs> oh yeah, well I'm I'm going to see Ringo tonight, and this show has been postponed for like three years. Yeah, yeah, Ringo was here uh, Saturday night. Actually, do you know? But I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of shows. I don't know Ringo, but I know everybody in his band pretty much. You know, he's he's the only Beatle I never met. Oh really? Yeah. I figured I that he would have been the one him. you would have met because he's a drummer. I did meet him. It's funny. I never met him. Wow. You know. Uh, I wanted to meet him, and I, I went to some of his, his other shows, and he, uh, you know, he was he was around, but he after the show he left straight away, so I didn't I didn't get to meet him. Well, I have a you feeling know? I have a feeling now he's being very super cautious because oh, of the oh, postponement. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, uh, totally. I mean, 
I talked to Greg Bissonette and said, first of all, they only allow two tickets to each band member, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And he said, and you can't go backstage because they, they had to postpone last time because they had COVID. Right, right. You know, so for me to go just to go to a show, just to go to a show, I mean, when I'm, my friends are playing, I want to hang with my friends. Right, right, you know? right. Like yesterday, I went to see Kiss and it was like that, you know, I... And uh, when I first got there, I was hanging out at fans and paid $1,200 to get a picture with them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, and then, then the tour manager called me and said, Paul, Paul wants you to come back. They were doing their makeup. You know, so I went back and I started hanging out with the guys. And that was a lot of fun. And I said, Eric Singer is going to come to my house tonight to see my drums in my studio because I got a unique drum set here in, in the studio that I put together. What's you know? unique and, about it? Well, it's in a guest house, and I got this, this mutt of a drum set. I got 1971 Ludwig bass drums that are 24 by 15. Normal size back then was 24 by 14. Right? And then I got D-drum tom-toms, and I got a, a Slingerland Radio King snare drum. And then I got prototype symbols symbols that are Sabian. Mm -hmm. And I do all my recording here. I learned to engineer it. And uh, so I've been doing all these records now, you know, in my own studio. It's awesome. Walked to my garage and here I am. I'm in the garage. You know, right now I'm, I walked into the studio. They also have a treadmill in there. So <laughs> I was going to come in here and do a little exercise, you know. And uh, it's like my man cave too. You know, I got all my gold records in here, and uh, and it's, it's great. You know, it's a really great place to hang. So he wants to come over and see the drum set and hang a little bit. You know, because I know him a long time. He was discovered at the drum off that I started. You know, the, the, you know, the guitar center drum offs that were around years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I started those in L.A. It was a common piece drum off. I did five of them, and then. I took a year off. Next thing I know, they ripped me off for it. And they did, they did the guitar center drum off. You know, yeah. they asked me to be a judge. I said, "No way, dude! You just ripped me off. <laughs> I'm gonna be a judge on something you ripped me off for." You know? Yeah, so, corporate America. That's the way. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a kiss is like as big as General Motors, probably. Oh yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of that stuff. Usual, they're amazing, big, you know, just ridiculous amounts of money. But you know what? They put a lot of money into that stage production. Unbelievable. They must have 10 trailer trucks. Yeah, I believe you know? it. Yeah, for this day and age, but that place was packed, you know. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's I, people I, love them. They're, they're, that's gonna live on past them. It's it's something that I, I think so. I'm gonna talk to Paul next time I talk to him about. Yeah, you know, I heard the rumors that you might just you know, get people into makeup and just keep it going. Oh yeah, it's, yeah? it's gonna be like Blue Man Group. It's just gonna be like you know. Yeah, yeah. A, a tribute. I mean, that's something that. Except, you know, except bigger. Except bigger than that group. Yeah. Blue Man Group. Yeah, yeah much bigger. Yeah, of course yeah. it will be. I mean, I'm sure they'll have a Vegas residency thing where they'll set something up and, you know, yeah. it'll it'll go on like a Vegas stage show and stuff, so. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's a great show. It's a great show. Yeah, I haven't seen them since the early 80s, I think. I, I saw them. Well, I'll tell you what. If you, if you get a chance to see this show, and this is the best band they ever had. Oh, really? Yeah, Eric Singer is much better than, than both their last drummers. The guitar player, Tommy, is really awesome. He's a younger guy. He's not that young, but he's, he's an 80s guy. He's a black and blue, you know, and, uh, you know, he's he's an awesome player. I had him play on my Guitarzers record, you know, I did, um, I recently, at least the last year on a box set. I had two tracks that were unfinished, you know, so he, he played on one, and I forgot who played on the other one. But Derek Sherinian played keyboard instead of guitar. And that was pretty cool. But, but when I heard him play on that, I said, wow, he sounds really great. And then I saw him 
last night. He was awesome. He was awesome. Really, a lot of energy, and he played fantastic. And I even told Paul, I said, dude, you've been, you've improved too. <laughs> I mean, you weren't as good as you are now. He says, I know. I said, and Gene too. And you know, when you play with better guys, you you have to, you end up improving. And that's what happens. Mm. You know, well, so. I mean, you sound very spry for a 75 year old man. I mean, you sound like you're, you're no, you have no intention of slowing down whatsoever. Well, I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna play, I'm just getting on the, on the treadmill now, right? While I'm talking to you, so I, I have no intention of, of slowing down. And now that I have the studio here, it's amazing. I just finished a King Cobra record that we just finished mixing. I'm working on my second instrumental record from my partner, Fernando, a piece of Fernando project. I don't know if you heard the first one. No, not yet. But, well, you should listen to the first one. It's really, really good. This guy's a real talent. You know, he plays bass, guitar, keyboard, and drums. Wow. But, you know, I discovered, well, he discovered me through Tom Dowd. You know who Tom Dowd is? The name sounds familiar. Yeah, Tom Dowd is a big producer. He produced Rod Stewart, Bennett Skinner. Okay. I mean, Rita Franklin. This goes on and on. Now, to his daughter, he called his daughter and says, you know how to get a hold of karma and I want to play on a track. So when he talked to me, I was just setting up my studio and I talked to myself, I need some, I need to do this for him because I got to learn how to operate my, you know, operate my uh, studio, you know, because I didn't know. My brother built it, told me how to do it, but I never really did it. So by playing with him, doing that first album, I really learned how to sound here and you know, so when I heard how good he was, I, I continued and did another album. And now we're mixing the second album. My buddy Pat Regan, who mixed King Cobra, he mixed my guitar, he mixed a lot of stuff to me. So, uh, so we're mixing it. And while we're mixing it, I heard about this song that Kate Bush did. That's a big hit again, Running Up the Hill. Right. I, I remember it from the old time, you know. So I listened to it, and I said to Fernando, you know, my, I have some friends of mine, the young kids, that we cut the Stranger Things theme song, and they got hundreds of thousands of hits on streams, you know, on YouTube. Not, not YouTube, sorry, on Spotify, you know? So I said, I'd like to do something like that. So somebody told me about this Kate Push song. I listened to it, I, I got the band on the phone. So we we do a heavy, like, instrumental version of that. Oh, cool. So he said, that's a good idea. So he sent me his version of it with a click, and we talked about the arrangement and stuff, and then I put drums on it, and then he redid the stuff to my drums, and now we're mixing it. And I got a guy, when I, I'm going out on the road, but while I'm out on the road, he's going to be putting together the parts to the video that doesn't include me and Fernando. So we're going to do a video. We have more clear factual records with it. Now, we were wondering what singles should we release off of, you know, or which video, you know? Mm. But then once we did it, we said, that's it. That's the one, you know? So, you know, so there's that project. And then, uh, you know, we're going to do a cactus. It's called um, Cactus and Friends. Basically, it's anyone that was influenced by cactus. And we're going to play the old songs. And then we're going to release it with all these different names on it. So, so far, we got Dee Schneider and Ted Nugent, uh, Warren Haynes, and uh, the audience from Government Mule and Billy Sheehan and a few other people. So that's going to be an interesting project, too. I'm not really slowing down. I'm playing with Vanilla Fudge, and, and uh, I'm going to start doing some speaking gigs. They're called the Comedy Peace Diaries. Not like lectures. It's an entertaining, an entertaining show where I'm going to have a screen that's going to have all the lists of I got a whole intro with this book. Diary comes in, it flies through the air, and a bowl opens up the animation. And when it opens up, it has all these different stories listed. And then, you know, I come in playing 
a drum solo on my sticks. I get the audience clapping. I have a drum set there. And then I'll say to people, okay, pick a story. What do you want to hear? Raise your hand. Like a class, you know? Yeah. And then uh, they'll pick a story and I'll tell the story and I'll crack jokes and we'll just have a good time. And at the end, I'll play Hot Legs with Rod. And, you know, I learned to, my friend takes the drums off of any track. So he took the drums off of Hot Legs. So I'll play Hot Legs and after he goes, I love you, honey. I'll go into a solo. I'll get the people chanting with me and then I'll finish the solo. I thank everybody for coming. And it's a whole unique experience, you know? Well, those things are fun. I've seen quite a few of those things, things but I... I, I... I've only seen you once or twice with Rod Stewart back in the early 80s is the only oh, time wow. I saw you. That was a long oh. time ago. But I remember you because you were prominent in that band. I mean, that was, you yes. know, it was a feature yeah. and that was a very cool thing that you were part of that yep. band. Yep, that band set me up, you know, really set me up. And I'm also going to do, <laughs> the next thing I'm going to do in February, we're going to start it is my, my Rod Experience show, which is basically going to be the show that you saw in the 80s. Because Rod don't do that anymore. Yeah, know? he just actually was around. And I I was kind yeah. I, I wanted to go see him, but I didn't because I have memories of seeing him in the, you know, I saw him back in the early days, and I didn't want to, I, I was kind of afraid to see the new Rod. Yeah, you didn't want to blow it. You right, blow right. It. Well, I'll tell you what, in those days when I played with him, he was the best singer, the best front man in the business. You know, now he's 78. I mean, I'm 75, but you know, he's got some vocal problems. He has the cancer of the thyroid, and you know, he's got vocal problems. And, you know, he doesn't run around the stage anymore. He's got like four young chicks, a big video screen, excuse me. And he puts on a great show, but it's not about Rod Stewart anymore. It's about the hits. Right, right. It's about the video production. Right. Like you talked about, a Vegas production. Right, right. That's more what it's like. I just saw that show, and that's what prompted me to want to play these songs again. You know, so I wrote a lot of them. I wrote two of them, and I was involved in at least eight of the songs that he does in the show out of about 15%, 50% of the songs he does. Wow. So I said, you know, I'm watching everybody get off on it. I said, you know, it's really weird. I'm involved in these things, and I never play these songs. Well, so, you know, I, I got to say, a lot of people, a lot of times these acts are playing, I mean, a lot of, you know, like the Guess Who is playing, and the only person that is left in the band is the drummer. And he's got, yeah, you know, all sure. hired, they've got all hired guns playing. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm talking to uh, Roger Earl from Foghat after I get off the Same phone thing. with you. Same thing. Tell him I said hi. I will. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of these people that, you know, you can go out and, and do shows like this and be the sole member of, of a band yeah. that, you know, yeah. and people will come out as long as the as long as it's a good quality. I mean, I, hear the songs. Right. I mean, I play in a Neil Young tribute band. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, I go out and I, I go out and play around New England with this band. And What band? It's called for Forever, it's called Forever Young. We do Neil Young songs. Oh, cool. But we don't we don't try to imitate Neil Young. We just play the music. Yeah, right. well this show that I'm doing with Rod, I did it a few years ago before tributes were big. And I actually had some guys that played with Rod in the show. Right. You know? But then it got too hard to rehearse and if you need to rehearse you gotta fly people all over the freaking place. Oh yeah. You know, it got too expensive to do. So now I got and I'm looking at all these bands get big 
as tribute, you know, there's one killer queen that make thirty, forty thousand bucks a night. Yeah, I know. You know? They're, they're coming around here. There's a million queen tributes too. Yeah, yeah. So, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna put a band together that's really good that is around here in Florida, and I got a guy that looks like Rod, sounds like Rod. If you go to the RodExperience.com, you can see some of it. What you know, what it was. I'm gonna, you know, I'm starting to redo it all. And now I'm, I got it booked Vanilla Fudge. He's a, a tribute act. Uh-huh. Agent, yeah, he did like eight hundred thousand dollars in August. Wow! In, in tribute bands, okay, <laughs> well, that's they, growth. They, that's growth. Yeah. That's his amount. Yeah, which means he, he only got twenty percent, yeah. which means he got more than that. Right. So he says I can book the rod, a good rod show for a lot of money. Oh yeah. I said okay, let's do it. So we have the white stage. We have we have a video screen behind it. That no, the theater has to have a video screen. I don't carry it. Right. But we have a whole video that goes, you know, that goes on from the beginning of the show to the end. You know, showing me with Rod, me with different members of the band, you know, song titles, psychedelic stuff. It's really cool. It adds to the show. You know? Well, you know what this says a lot about music is that the older music is clinging on because people want to hear it because the new music really isn't happening. It's just, you know... There is no... New music is, is like... There's no focus on the new music. Well, there's no soul to it either. No soul. I mean, even that song by Kitty Bush, it's it's good song, but it's all over the place. You know, you can't hook onto a melody. I hook more onto the melody when I hear it on the guitar than I did with her vocal. So, it's... So, I got a lot of things going on Still playing with the fudge. I think we're playing in the New England area. Fudge, you know, we started there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you uh, in Newport, Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, really? We're in Newport. A place called Dorian's. Oh, really? I don't. That's. Yeah. I think that's a bit before. Well, I was probably around, yeah. but I was probably six or seven or five. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> with another place called Bambi's, and the Castles used to play there too. Oh yeah, the Castles. They're, they're a Rhode yeah. Island institution. Exactly. So, you know, we started there, and uh, it was a great time. We used to play, play Dorian's, you know, for four weeks. They gave us a place to stay, and that's where we, we tested all of our songs. Cool. Keep them hanging on. We did the arrangements there. It was, it was a good thing for us. We got big there. Yeah. We played Bambi's with the Castles. They opened up for us, and we had 1,000 people. Wow. Yeah, 67, you know, 66, actually. So I like, you know, I like playing up there. We always... Whenever we play that area, you always get our friends. Yeah, you're playing up at the Narrows, the Narrows and Fall River yes. for the show. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, I just found out it's sold out. Oh, really? I think I think it's sold out. Yeah, I'm like, sure it is. One. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, a great a small venue. place. Well, it, it seats about place. it seats about four hundred, I think now. Yeah, I've played there many small. times over yeah. the years. It's I like that place a lot. That's the one that has a stage that looks like a wedding. No, no, no. There's another place that's like that. That bull run, bull run. Yeah, maybe. Well, there's actually another one in New Bedford that's like that. Um, oh, maybe that's the one we're playing at. No, no, you're playing at the Narrows. Oh, we are? Yeah, okay. that's October 6th. Um, yeah, I was just told, I think it was the Narrows that said we were sold out. So. Yeah, it's probable. That's, you know, it's yeah. a great venue. They have a they have a yeah. very loyal following. Patrick's a great guy to work with. You know, the staff, I, like I said, that's one of my favorite places to play. I love playing the Narrows. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I'm still doing a lot of stuff. Like you said, I'm energetic. You know, I, uh, my new look is interesting because I don't look like my old look. I spent all those years with that image of me with the black and purple hair and the mustache. Even my logo is like that, you know. And now, you know, my Paul Stanley says to me, man, you look like a movie star now. I said, give me a break. Well, you have your hair slicked back, don't you? Yeah, I put it back, and it's like black and gray. 
Yeah. You know? And uh, I got tired of dying it. Such a procedure <laughs> to get it black and purple. Such a procedure. Yeah. You know? Well, it's not healthy either. No, my hair is in great shape. People love it. Even I goof around with like uh, I play with my brother on some gigs recently. They introduced me. And said, my brother, come on a piece, 75. Who plays a drum solo like that at 75? You know, and then I get, thank you, man. I said, I said uh, what are you women out there? Everybody, all the women I meet say they like my new hair. What do you think? It's <laughs> so I'm hoping my drummer can last till 75. He's closing on on 70 now, so so I'll have to tell him he's got another he's got another five years to go at least. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself, and you know, I mean, I got my ailments. It's like me and Paul were talking about his ailments and my ailments, and you know, that's what happens when you get older. Yeah. But you know, when my father and my parents were 75, they look 75. You know. Well, people. This generation don't want to do that. Yeah. No, I know. So you know. I've got this whole thing, but I, you know, we've talked a lot about other other stuff, which is great. But I mean, you've played with so many people over the years, you know, including Rod Stewart. You played with, I mean, and your Kiss connection, and you actually, your drumming was, you know, influence of Kiss as well, right? Yes, totally. But I mean, you toured with Jimi Hendrix and Cream and Led Zeppelin, and you've played with Brian May, and you've played with yeah. Rick, Rick Derringer and Ozzy Osbourne. And, and Sharon Osborne actually fired you from Ozzy's band? Yeah, she, yeah, she fired me. My, her words were, your name is too big. <laughs> that's, what, that's what her words were. You know? But I get it. I get it now. I was just telling Paul that. Buddy Rich told me on his dying bed. He said, you know, the drummers play with a band and, you know, and then the singer gets big and, and your name gets too big to go with the singer. You know, so you end up playing your own gigs. And you play to 500 C places hmm. while the singer's playing to 20,000. Right. And I never really got that until recently, you know. I said, yeah, he's right. You know, you build up a brand and then nobody wants to hire you because your name's too big. And I thought about what Sharon said to me, you know. But, you know, it's cool. I mean, I just want to keep playing whatever it is. Well, that's I would love to be on a big tour again. You know, I'd love to play with, like Paul says, I, I talk to Jimmy, Hen uh, Jimmy Page all the time. And I said, what's Jimmy doing? I haven't talked to him in years. He doesn't even doing nothing but Zeppelin archives and all that. I said, why don't you play with that? Go out with a band. He goes, he can't think of anybody to play with. You know? So I said, well, look, send me talk to him. Tell him I'd love to play with him. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, but, with somebody like that, you would need heavy hitters for the band. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd like to get Tony Franklin and me and, you know, some keyboard player, a, a great singer. You know, I doubt that's ever going to happen. But, you well, know, that, you never that's know. That's the kind of thing. I'm looking for, you know, for me to play with somebody in, a, in an arena or a, you know, big theater kind of venue where I don't have to be involved in the, you know, the booking and, you know, like the manager we have now, we do this in all fudge gigs or whatever I do. You know, I get involved in the budgets and the booking to make sure it's going to be profitable. Otherwise, why do it? Right. Well, I know that feeling because I do it for my band and it's like, it, oh, it's, there a, you go. it's a whole different animal. It's totally non-musical. Yeah. What do you play? <laughs> I play guitar. Okay. I play guitar, a little bit of keyboards. I sing a little mandolin, a little, yeah. fake, little fake banjo. Uh, All right, cool. Yeah. Well, next year we got. Well, next year we have a live BBA London Rainbow show coming out, cool. as well as the Japanese live album that has always been out but has never been available worldwide. So it's going to be out on Rhino, and that's. I think that's going to help me a bit because 
Yeah, Beck is a bigger name than he was when I played with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Beck Bogan, a piece, is going to equal my name with his. Right, right. You know, at least on the billing anyway. Right. So that might help. But yeah. either way, I'm happy. You know, I got a great house. I got the studio. And my girlfriend I've been with 20 years. I call her my wife. <laughs> you know, she was she used to be on the radio, and you know she's really big on the radio. Now, where do you and, live now? Uh, we live in Florida. Oh, I thought I you were in L.A. I, no, I used to be in L.A. I, I don't give away where I live in Florida because people look it up on Google and they find my house. And, oh yeah, you know, I'm sure I don't they like do. that. No, I I wouldn't you know, like it either. You know, I still don't like when I get mailed. You know, in the mail. Oh yeah, they get. They get my number, my address, you know? Yeah, well, these days of technology, things, you know, you put it out there and they make it easier for people to find. It's terrible, stuff. terrible. Yeah. Today it's hard, yeah, totally hard. it is. So you've got, anyway. you've got a couple of things out. You've got, you know, I mean, these are older books, but I mean, you've got your realistic rock drum method and your... Your life of sex, drugs, and rock and roll are two books that are, yeah. that do very well. Will these be available at the Narrows and the Merch Table? Well, well, the realistic rock won't, but the uh, the book will. I mean, that, the book is basically gone. You know, it's it's been four years, six years since I released it. You know, I'm the biggest customer of the book now. You know, I order for the show, you know, for the gigs. You know, if I if I wasn't ordering for the gigs, they'd, they'd have it out of print now. Well, you still sell them, so that's what counts. Yeah, I still sell them, but, you know, they don't sell them at Amazon much. They don't sell them in bookstores no more. It's like, uh, you know, you release something, you know, once you stop selling numbers, they, it's next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the way it's all right. Yeah. It's all right, but I sell it, and everybody that reads it loves it. I got good reviews when it came out. Now, I was going to write another book called Katarzus, the book. I had this really big book writer wanted to do it with me, but he's stuck in a contract, so he can't do it. Uh -oh. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I used to be a real good reader of books. Now, I watch Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm guilty of that, too, so... Yeah, you know, I used to read a lot of people's books, you know, biographies, autobiographies. Well, I'm sure you have a lot of great stories that need to be told because of all... I mean, well, you know, I'm sure you could fill a book with stories of just your early tours with Hendrix and Zeppelin and... Yeah, but I don't even want to do that. I want to, I want to do it live in my diaries. Yeah, because I can do it live, I can get... If I can get up to two or three hundred people a gig, you know, pay them money, I can make good bucks and have a good time. Yeah, I'm sure you, you know? could do and that. I'm, and I'm used to, and I'm used to, and my first gig's here December 1st. Uh, it's at the, uh, the the Boca Black Box in the Comedian Theater. It's like 100 seats, mm -hmm. you know. But I got video, and it's going to be, I'm going to have a drum set, and, you know, and I'm going to do it so that people get involved. They're going to pick the stories they want to hear. Right. I'm going to show a screen with all the stories, and, Okay, who wants to pick a story? Pop. Yeah, you know, that story will lead into other stories, you know? Well, if you do so, come up this way, let me know. I'll... Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, I'm planning to come. You know, I may end up at the Narrows, one of those places, just to, you know, to do a speaking gig. You know, yeah, yeah. I'll play a little bit and have fun and... You know, person, it's real person to person, audience, audience involved, you know, participation and all that. And I'm going to have someone film it, so I got a good, uh, you know, good, like, uh, sizzle wheel I'll put together, you know. Mm. So a lot of things, I just want to fill my time with playing and doing good stuff, creative things. And everyone, every time I do interviews and I tell stories, I go, man, you should, you need to do some speaking gigs or something to get these stories out there. I said, well, you want to hear my stories? Read my book. You know, there's a lot of stories <laughs> in the book. True. You know? Well, it's like something like, like a, I'm going to do a plant in the audience. They're going to say, what's the story with that mud shark thing with Led Zeppelin? And I'm going to say, well, it's a really good story, but it's X-rated. So if you want to hear it, 
go buy my book. <laughs> right? Yeah, true. You know, that's the way it takes I, mean, I can't. I don't know how old the people are going to be. To my, somebody might bring their kids. And, yeah. You know, I can't tell that fucking story. It's crazy. Yeah, you know? it's true these days. You never know. I mean, that was the, the shocking moments of rock and roll on VH1 and MTV. You remember those things? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was always on there. Well, I mean, like I said, you were in the you were in the prime heyday of rock. I mean, you lived through yeah. the, you lived through the the great era of rock and roll, and you were part of it. And that's that's yeah. one of the things. That's why I wanted to talk to you because you you're you know you've been around, you've been living the life for you know this whole time, and you've yeah. gone. Yeah. I mean, Half a century. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've it. contributed to so much. I yeah, mean, you've, right. you've, you've I been did. part yeah. of so much rock history. Yeah, so. I did. You know, but anyway, I but just, it's, that's why I wanted to do this because it's you know it's a good way to to tell the stories you know other right, than a book right you know and I had the book I had a book thinking about the book years ago and I finally got a book deal with VH1 Books and the guy I wrote it with he wrote Nicky Six's book oh, you know geez, he my, got he, he got a good the diaries you know diaries of a heroine thing whatever it's called my girlfriend and, uh, will love that because she loves Nicky Six and the Martin yeah Cruz, and so. it's like. You know, and you know, it's like I know Nikki when they opened up for us with Ozzy. You know, you know, so you know, I just know, I know pretty much everybody. Yeah, I don't know a lot of lighter bands. You know, yeah, you know, like uh, I don't know, I can't even think of lighter band right now. But you know, I don't know those guys. You know, yeah, no. But I'm... you know, when it comes to rock, heavy rock, hard rock, you know, I'm the guy up in there. It's, you know. You know, I had Led Zeppelin open up for me. I had the Sly and the Family Stone open up. Frank Zappa, you know, Fog Hat, you name it. You know, Creedence Clearwater. All the bands that got huge opened up for Vanilla Fudge. And, and uh, BBA, Fog Hat opened up for BBA. You know, many other bands, you know. Mm. And Cactus, forget about it. We had a Humble Pie open up for us. You know, so we've been around in those days. So all those stories are good. You know, I came up with one story today that was really hilarious and stupid. But, you know, my ex-wife was uh, Telus Havalis's niece really so yeah so when i was going to england with rod he was at an english apartment so he was in england while we were in england and uh one day i was taking her over to his apartment to actually stay there while we went on the road in england and that day i heard that john lennon was shot in new york right so mm -hmm. i went over there and i said to tell i said have you heard about john lennon he said no he said what i said he was shot he said oh my god and i said stupidly i said this is a job for kojak <laughs> oh my god <laughs> What a terrible thing to say at that time. When I, you know, so I'm going to tell that story. And I go, what was I thinking, you know? Yeah. To well, make everybody laugh. I mean, it's sad, but it's funny. You know? Yeah, I mean, things just come out. I mean, you come out under... It's a <laughs> I know, I know, but situation. it was hilarious. When I think of it now, it was stupid, but it's funny. Right, you know? right. I mean, John Lennon getting shot wasn't funny. No, but no. that statement was funny. Right, you know? right. Well, you know who we yeah. used to do, who's done some pretty cool stuff, and this it's a photographer, Henry Henry Diltz. Okay, no, I don't know him. Let's you don't see. know Henry Diltz? <laughs> Oh well, he's a he's a pretty famous photographer. He photographed Hendrix and the Doors, and he was at Woodstock. Oh, yeah. And he, oh. I went to a thing, uh, a, a talk by him once, and he had all these. He had tons of stories. I, I talked to him for about yeah. an hour and a half, and uh, right. he was touring with Patty Boyd, and uh, they were telling. She was telling George Harrison and Eric Clapton stories, and he was telling like, right. Neil Young and CSN and uh, Doors and. Right. Mamas and papas and stuff. And, you know, that's his stories. That was like so entertaining because he told all these great stories of all these 
people. So that, like I said, you've got all that material to work with too. So yeah, I got that. Plus, I'm gonna have drums there. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna do a solo. Right. I'm gonna get the people playing. When I first come out, I get everybody clapping their hands. And I play to their hand claps on a pair of sticks. Mm. You know, so it's gonna be entertaining musically and story wise. Mm. And I'm so experienced with stories because I did clinics for so many years. Right. Right. Well, that's a, that's so, a... and I'm very relaxed in front of an audience. You know, just being natural. I'm not gonna like plan what i'm gonna play what i'm gonna say or anything i'm just gonna let it come out yeah i mean so, rick, i saw rick wickman do that rick wickman comes, oh did he uh, rick wickman he does like he comes out and like three quarters of his show is a stories he comes out he tells these stories and he plays a song because he doesn't say right. he just plays the yeah. part i mean he tells uh-huh. his full stories and then he plays his part that's so, good yeah it's, well, it's, where, where did he do those he did it at the narrows oh yeah we'll see there you go cool that's actually i can do a little tour i mean the cutting room yeah. cutting room wants to do one in the New York, Chicago yeah. wants to do one. Yeah, I can get a couple in the in a cutting room, maybe to bull run, and just uh, it's only being a roadie makes it easy. Right, right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I should let you go. Um, I, okay. I'm looking forward to the show on October 6th at the Narrows of Vanilla Fog. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank okay, you very man. much for Talk taking soon. the time. Okie dokie. Thanks to Carmine Apiece for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. Vanilla Fudge will be at the Narrow Center for the Arts in Fall River on Thursday, October 6th at 8 p.m. For more info, Tom Tom over to narrowcenter.org. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by The Parlor, R1 Entertainment, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, Grace Ale Brewing of Rhode Island, and SC Microphones. Thanks for listening. Thank you.